All right, what's up, everybody? Back again. This is Evan, and I've got Mark with me hey, to man. my right. Uh, this is Pint and Provisions, recording here at Poor Brothers Peoria. Um, this is a relatively uh, well-established at this point tap room here in the heights of Peoria, which offers a great craft beer experience. But we wanted to get an opportunity to talk to a couple of the owners. We have Nate. Say hi. Hey, how's it going, guys? And then we also have Jason. Hello. Um, one of the biggest things about getting you guys on here was uh, we're a big fan. We're big fans of coming here. Uh, we like the ability to sit down, have a few different beers, and um, I tell you what my wife specifically likes here is the cocktails. So I think you've definitely reached out to beyond craft beer uh, fans and enthusiasts like myself. But it's good to be able to say, hey, you know, hey, do you want to go down to Puree Heights? Hey, should we grab a drink? It's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, let's go to Poor Brothers. Where I can get a beer and she can get a great cocktail. And she can have a beer, too. Absolutely. But uh, she does like the cocktails. That's a win-win. Mark, what do we like to start off with? We like to start off with beers of the week. Beers of the week. We should make a little, like... Um, you know, fun jingle there, you know, um, for beers of the week. So, um, Jason, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, beer of the week, what was one of the best things you tasted or had? Uh, beer of the week, I'm going to go with what I'm drinking right now, and it's kind of become uh, one of my favorite go-tos. Uh, it's seasonal, so I've got the last little bit of it right here, brownie points from Maplewood. Love brownie points from Maplewood. Nice. And Maplewood's, uh, the, to the, the, I, I find that the distinguishing thing about Maplewood is they're the only brewery and distillery here in the state of Illinois, from what I thought I understood, I read? I believe so. Which makes them unique and great. I think they make sure. uh, great things. We can get them down here in, uh, in Peoria. What's in that specifically? We got a little brown ale uh, with, yeah, we got toffee notes, a little vanilla bean. Nice. I like nice that. smooth taste to it. Low like ABV. Crushable. I, yeah, I tried it. It's actually it's a little bit lighter than actually what you would think description-wise. It's a, it's an easy drinker. I like it. Okay. All right, Nate. How about you? You're gonna be next. Um, had a lot of good ones. We had our uh, two-year anniversary last weekend, and yeah, uh, we yeah. drove all over the state again and and grabbed some stuff. Um, went down to our good friends at Scratch, so I'm going to go with those guys. Uh, we I've had their spring tonic before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very light, very refreshing. Low fours on the ABV, uh, brewed with carrot tops and dandelions, so it's completely <laughs> different than anything yeah. you'll ever find. Um, but it was the first scratch beer I ever had two years ago uh, when I had it bottled, and then we were lucky enough to grab a keg for our second anniversary. So uh, uh, that definitely uh, uh, was my my highlight of the week last week, and uh, uh, got a couple barrels from scratch. We went down there, and uh, both of those are gone already. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta come in quick when we get these uh, special things. Yeah, those. Scratch is doing it right. Oh, yeah. I've not had a bad beer from those guys. Everything they do is amazing. Yeah, the the whole like foraging experience that they have down there is very, um, you know, it's definitely unique. Certainly for the state of Illinois, um, you know, there are a few breweries that really get after that kind of stuff. But it's so awesome to have something so close to to home. All right, Mark, you're up. All right, the beer that I choose that I chose was uh, the. Um, Distill and Weldworks uh, collaboration. It's a New England style hazy IPA. Uh, it's called 85 and a 55. Um, I like. I do. Do do you get that reference? 85 and a 55. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a guess. I want you to take a guess. You take a guess first. Do you know? Do you know? No. 
Do you know? <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I wonder if that has, does that have anything to do with the uh, interstates? I don't know, 55, is that something that's in Colorado? But I guess 80 is here in Illinois, but maybe not around Distill, but I don't know. I, I don't think that's okay, it. Okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm not sure where 85 would be, <coughs> so I'm not sure. All right, we're wrong. All right. Well, anyways, it weighs in at about 8% ABV. Uh, it actually was, like, just slammed with hops. Citra, Simcoe, Eldorado, and Idaho 7. Uh, just a juicy, tropical, hazy bomb is delicious. Awesome. Awesome. We do um, have a uh, barrel of that in back we haven't tapped yet, so I have oh, not hell. had a chance to try yeah. it. Oh, but, uh, snap. It, it will be making an appearance It'll very go soon. Fast. It was delicious. <laughs> very, very soon. Nice. Um, what I had was my favorite on Sunday. It was sunny, kind of nice out, and I grabbed my Jester King Saison American. Uh, I picked that up at the brewery when I had a recent visit down there, which uh, if anybody gets a trip to Austin, it is worth the um, extra you know, few miles to go out to Jester King, but for a Saison. It had everything you wanted in a Saison. Um, they, of course, excel at their mixed culture fermentation. So it had a lot of funk, a lot of barnyard, a lot of hay, but it had a lot of good lemon that you kind of want out of your Saison. So it was very refreshing on a, on a warm Sunday afternoon. So we like coming here. Um, you guys just celebrated your two-year anniversary. How did it all start? Oh, that's a... It's a big question. It's a big, long story. But, uh, no, uh, Rob and I are the uh, two uh, founders, uh, so we started this thing together. Um, we used to work together in the furniture business. Um, okay. Then we both kind of stayed with the furniture business, but to grow in that company, you had to move. Uh, so I took my talents down to South Beach. No, I went to... Uh, <laughs> nice. Went to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I went to Battle Creek, Michigan. I ended up in uh, Evansville, Indiana for about four years. So basically, I was out of Peoria for about six, seven years. Uh, Rob had a little bit less journey. He went from uh, Peoria to Champaign to Bloomington and then back home to Peoria. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But when I moved back, we started having, having babies. And we got uh, number two is on the way. And my wife and I decided we didn't want to be that far from family anymore. Moved back. Um... Rob and I had always gone out and enjoyed hanging out and decided we were going to run a bar someday. And this was back in 2001. So, I mean, it, yeah. was, it was a long time ago. Kind of before craft beer really right, 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 kind right, of right. started at the uptick. So, yeah, at that point, we were going to open a sports bar. It was going to be, uh, I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> pretty much stole our idea. But uh, <laughs> no, I think they were around in 82. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, we moved back. And I, I swear, like, a month after I moved back, he probably just found out. He calls me up and says, hey. I got this property we want to look at. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, we're going to get this bar. So this was, uh, I moved back in 2012. And we didn't open this, of course, until 2016. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, talking, uh, a lot of trying to figure out if it was smart. Um, mm -hmm. It was definitely not a quick process. So uh, uh, once we found the iPort system, and it was something that really wasn't even in the Midwest yet. And uh, we just happened upon it doing internet searches one day. And... So you're Funny. just like Google searching, yeah, like how do I open a craft beer what's bar? What's a cool bar? Like just cool bars yeah. around the country. And then, you know, finally found a couple of them. We're like, I would dig in a little further. Well, there's really nothing in the Midwest. There's, it's very coastal. California, yeah. Colorado, East Coast has some, but nothing, nothing in Illinois for sure. Wow. Uh, so we took that idea to uh, the wives and that was the first time that they didn't roll their eyes and their eyes kind of lit up a little bit. So oh, uh, nice. at that's that a, point we knew, win, hey, at least, win. and that was, you know, that was probably 2014. So it was two years after we'd really been talking. So uh, two years of dreaming, two years of, uh, oh, we got this concept that might work. Let's pursue it. And then uh, here we are. 
So is this the first kind of, you know, port experience that is in the state of Illinois then? Yes, yes, we were the first. Um, yeah. And actually when we opened, there, there, I think, all right, so there's some table systems um, that were in the state before. I think O'Hare, uh, Chicago Airport had some. Um, but as far as the actual wall where it was anybody access to, we had the first cool. self-pouring wall. So most of them you rent the table and you and three buddies sit there and try to polish off a keg. So it wasn't uh, <laughs> It wasn't necessarily. It was cool, I guess, but uh, sure. the, the wall kind of it's it's so hits cool. everything. It's so cool because what you just described is probably a, a, a at least a conversation or a dream that any true craft beer or just beer lover in general has probably had sitting around a bar somewhere, just thinking about that, and dreaming like, oh, it'd be really cool to do this, and like take the the best ideas that you have, you know, dismiss the things that you don't like about other bars, and come up with this great concept. But for most of us, it just it, it kind of stays in that dreamland. You guys kind of lived it out and are living it out. And, oh, yeah. You know, you know. Props to you guys. It's awesome. Yeah. No. It's uh. It was very scary. And uh, I mean, we're <laughs> yeah, not sure. we're not multi-millionaire investors from Chicago that are just doing this. I mean, we our houses are on the line. Our uh, sure. It's how we feed our kids. And uh, me and Rob both have young families. And it's uh, it's tough. It's scary. There's still days we don't know that we're gonna be able to get those bills paid. But. Uh, yeah. I mean, heck, it, it was worth it. It, uh, it definitely was worth nice. it, and it's fun, nice. So <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> we enjoy what we do, to say the least. Yeah. So you guys kind of get things off and started, and uh, Jason, how do you? When when did you kind of come into the fold? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've actually had a 22-year career in education. I've been a teacher and uh, I've been an assistant principal the last seven years, and just wrapped that up around spring break. Um, these guys early on in the process, uh, we I, I was a customer, um, loved the concept. My wife and I are huge beer enthusiasts, love doing brewery trips. Uh, liked beer occasions. Yeah, yeah. Looked, <laughs> looked, looked, uh, loved uh, going to the different bars here in town, and uh, immediately this uh, concept, these guys, the, the staff, great personalities here, they just hit it off, and this became our spot. And conversation started and here we are today uh, looking at starting in Champaign, Illinois. Nice. We were very uh, very eager to grow. Um, We thought we could duplicate this uh, with our uh, what we learned in the first year. Uh, So kind of after that first year being open we started looking at opportunities and then uh, Rob and I both decided really quick um, my youngest is five, his youngest is uh, I think nine now Um, or no six, six, seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway we decided we want to grow but we don't necessarily be the ones that have to run the day-to-day like we do here. Right. Sure. Uh, so it's very comfortable for us here. Rob lives five minutes away. I live 20 minutes away. Um, so in order to, to grow at that point, we decided we needed to uh, find somebody that, you know, understood it and, and enjoyed it and lived it like we did and uh, and was willing to uh, transplant and uh, move to Champaign, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe to pony a little bit on Jason's point. So you're a patron you keep coming back because this is your spot. Why was this your spot? I mean, I think, and, and this only comes back to the idea and that Peoria has, and, and I've been here a, a, a porous like five years, but I've always been a craft beer enthusiast. But when I showed up, there wasn't a go-to spot. Well, there was, but you know, there weren't a lot of go-to spots. There weren't choices. So obviously that probably played a, played a role. Uh, for us, the what 
captured us about this place was the ability, and I, I think it's the beauty about it, is the ability to be a beer explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got pay by the ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to commit to a whole thing. There's sometimes uh, a beer that you might not want to even go to the store and pay a whole price for, but you know, having an ounce or two to try it out and say I had it, um, great. You also have the ability to try different styles without committing to a full pint. I know you can ask for a Case. taster here or there, but you know, just being able to be at that wall, be a part of the experience uh, of pouring your own, pouring what you want, and being able to try different styles. It got a very revolving uh, number of kegs that come through. Mm-hmm. Every time we were in, it was something different. And just love that because for us, it wasn't about the amount of consumption. It was about the quality. And it was about trying different things and seeing what else is out there. And I can't think of a place that brings it more than here. Absolutely. I agree. I totally agree. Anytime I have someone come to town, uh, this is one of the places that I bring them. And people are they're surprised. And, I mean, like the concept uh, is still fairly new to a lot of people. Even though you guys have been around two years now, uh, this is not everywhere in the country yet. So I bring people here. They love the concept. They fall in love with it just for that reason. They don't have to commit to a full beer or, or buying a six-pack at the store or whatever. They can come in, you know, and you can bring someone in that is just, like, not very adventurous and get them to try a Russian Imperial Stout or get them to try a Sour. And, and it kind of, you know, a lot of times you leave and people are like, wow, I never, I never would have tried that beer. I'm glad I did. Now I'm in love. So, Yeah, so this gives people an opportunity to open themselves up to a little craft beer because it can be intimidating. I mean, I'm sure guys like all of us here at the table can be intimidating guests to have at their homes. You know, for like a dinner party, it's like, oh my gosh, the craft beer guy's coming. What am I going to serve that guy that's going to make him happy? But this place gives an opportunity, like I said, you know, Mark, I'm sure your wife is the same. You know, when when we come here, she can like, I love the cocktails, but, you know, if there's a good beer, she'll can, she can have as little as she wants. So... And also, just the note as well, like, so obviously you guys have the, the, the wall of taps where it's pour yourself, but also just, just looking back here, you also have um, a huge selection of bottles and cans and, and, a, and a full bar. So, I mean, like, the options are, you know, uh, very expansive of what people can enjoy here. So how do you go about starting to procure that kind of diversity in your offerings? Um, that was a uh, process of natural selection. It, it kind of told us what to do. Uh, when we opened, um, I was opening a craft beer bar, and I wanted it to be that way. Um, the first night that we opened our uh, soft opening, we had 2,500 people show up for a concert, and uh, they wanted liquor. And uh, at that time, we had some. We had a couple of vodkas, a couple whiskeys, a couple bourbons, a couple this, a couple that. Um, in fact, we look back at pictures from when we opened of what the back bar looked like, and there yeah. was maybe 12 bottles up there. And now you, we we have to keep some below the bar because we have so many different options now. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the people just said, you know, kind of like you're saying, I, not everybody's going to really love it. Um, so we need to have that that, uh, that other selection. Uh, we still do domestics. Um, the great thing about the bar, to open a tab, is you have to get a pouring card. Um, that's just how our system's set up. Uh, so even if you're drinking Bud Light all night and you want to run a tab instead of paying as you go, uh, you'll get that pouring card. And our goal is we don't make more or less money off the wall than we do anything back. It's not about that. It's about the exploration. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that pouring card in your hand, 
Uh, for instance, right now we have Brooklyn Lager um, is up on the wall. Uh, so if I got a domestic drinker, I'm taking them over there and I'm saying, hey, you know, give this a shot. Sure. And seven times out of ten, they go right back to their drinks or whatever they're having. But at least they tried something. But then those three out of ten, I had one guy that tried all 16 on the wall. He's, I had three ounces of each. He had one Bud Light when he got here, and then he had three ounces of everything else awesome. by the time he left. So, Just real quick, Nate, uh, you're talking about that pouring card. Mm-hmm. We obviously know what that is, but oh. just for, for yeah. everybody, kind of maybe explain the concept sure. of how that works. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, pretty easy. Um, sounds intimidating, kind of, if you're looking from afar, but uh, really you, you come in, like a lot of bars, you have to turn over your credit card to uh, uh, get that tab going. Uh, we take the card, we swipe it, it goes on file, captured electronically, and then it uh, attaches to an RFID card, which is nothing more than a uh, hotel key. So if you nice. need a hotel key, you're good to go. Uh, we actually hand your credit card right back, so you get to keep it. Uh, so very rarely do you have to call us at 8 in the morning and say, hey, I left my card there last night. Can I come get it? <laughs> uh, so we, we, we give them right back then. But, uh, yeah, that, that thing's armed, and then uh, it, it just tracks everything you pour to the tenth of, a, tenth of an ounce. Uh, when you're done, you turn that card back in. You either leave it on the card you checked in with, or if you rather pay cash or switch cards or do half and half, we can yeah. uh, adjust the tender at any time at the, uh, at the checkout, too. So, yeah, it's kind of your uh, uh, key, to, key to the pour-your-own experience is that little RFID card. Just the uh, kind of the experience to walk you through that. So, just looking at this, there's a, a full wall, a walk-up wall of taps, and each one has a, a like a little uh, screen that has a description of what the beer is. Um, maybe have some tasting notes and uh, maybe some other things listed like the ABV. ABV. And all you do is you take that that card, that pouring card, you touch it up to the screen. It uh, like a little logo there. It turns green. And then you just pour, and however much you pour, you're going to get charged per ounce, like yep. you said. Just, and, like, a, uh, just so, like a gas pump. It's, yeah. so, it's so smooth, <laughs> so easy. The craft beer gas pump. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I um, And it's interesting. Since uh, I've been here, I've had two friends in other places, not here even in Illinois, say, hey, I went to this really cool place. And he actually snapshotted a picture of you know one of those like screens. I was like, Oh, man, don't worry. I have one of those. So if you come visit me, we're going there. So yeah. don't worry. There we go. Yeah. No, it's it's a very unique thing, and, and it's nice to bring something unique like this to uh, Peoria and such a great atmosphere because when you come in, you know, you're not just talking about, like, you know, everyone likes the hole in the wall, but this is a beautiful place. Uh, it's comfortable. Um, and maybe kind of get into our next point about food, Mark. Um, yeah. I just want you know, so obviously, you know, coming here uh, through through the last two years, um, you know, we'll, we'll sit down, we'll, we'll grab a, a pizza that you guys have. But I, I just wanted to guys, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what's the, is there any plans or future plans for food or food trucks or anything like that? What's what's kind of in the uh, the scope of what you guys see down the road? Yeah, no, we uh, were and still are to some extent deadly afraid of doing anything with food related because uh, in all the research we did that seemed like the uh, food was kind of always what sunk a business um mm-hmm. kind of trying to mitigate our damage kind of lessen our likelihood of closing but uh yeah we i mean we do food trucks all the time um we do have frozen pizza we do have uh, some soft pretzels that we do um there's a new restaurant coming to uh heritage square in the new wing uh, which will be a pizza joint called prianzo's so sure. uh, that'll help um but the most exciting news as of recording today actually we just announced uh, the spot directly above us um, is going to be, for the most part, controlled by us as well. Um, and we're going to put a uh, uh, smoked meat featured uh, oh, yes. barbecue, craft barbecue. It's all locally sourced meat, locally sourced. <laughs> I mean, everything. I'm excited. 
breaking got, news. Literally have a guy about <laughs> two miles down the road that is <laughs> yes. that is welding and building oh this fourteen and a half foot smoker for us in his garage at this you very moment. You could not have said better news to me <laughs> so, right now. I mean, so yeah, the, we're, the, uh, that's my loves: craft beer and smoking. We, there's there's no better pairing, and uh, we have a uh, a great, very 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 talented chef on board with us that we. Uh, uh, we've been working on this for over a year, um, doing awesome. it somewhere. We didn't know where it was going to be. Uh, just so happened we were able to uh, secure the uh, space directly above us, so it couldn't That's awesome. be. Uh, That's perfect. Couldn't be a better fit for us. So it, it'll be it'll be a separate company. It'll be uh, our chef's going to be the face of it. We're behind it, but we are. So, but if we're if we're down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can order from up there and yeah. have it uh, go pick it up or have so it delivered we, we down s- here. Or still got some things little, to work out. Sure. The, um, it's not your typical sit-down waiter, waitress comes up, takes your order. Right. Okay. Um, more of a fast, casual, kind of awesome food meets Chipotle's idea. <laughs> so okay. Not that Chipotle's bad, but no, this would be... I gotcha. uh, so, yeah, you'll basically yep. get through the line, get your meat cut right in front of you, you get your sides oh, scooped up, you, you check out at the end, and then go grab a seat. We'll have a soda fountain in the middle of the room that's a self-serve, and uh, we'll have a full bar up there as well, so it'll just kind of be... Uh, a little bit, just just real quick and and laid back and easy and. I am excited. Well, well, Poor Brothers in the Smoking Meat Place will now be the new home base for pints and provisions <laughs> yeah. because nothing could pair better with our podcast no. than having a pint and having a provision. Yeah, no, we oh, we man. couldn't be more excited. So we're uh, we're really we're hoping uh, end of July, early August that'll be opening as well about the same time as we hope uh, champagne. That's so awesome. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's gonna Congrats. be so. gonna be a lot going on, but uh, it'll definitely be worth the. Uh, Sleepless nights, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I had a, just a, more along the lines of getting back to the beer here, even though I'm super excited about the smoke meat. I just want to move on. <laughs> yeah, you just made Mark's eyes light up yeah. like you wouldn't I, believe. I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm on tilt. I can't even think straight right now. Probably stammering over my words. But uh, So, obviously, um, one of the things I love about this place is the variety. And every time I come in, there's always something new on tap. So I just kind of wanted to hear maybe a little bit more about the logistics of that. Like, what, uh, like what size kegs do you guys buy and tap? Uh, you know, it, that way that you're kind of always rotating them because obviously you're not traditionally buying like a, a, a full blown keg. You know, that's going to take forever to to work your way through. So yeah, no, it's a uh, it's uh, elephant on a tightrope is what I like to call it because it's, <laughs> it's very hard and I go through uh, I go through different peaks and valleys of the business guy in me wants to make the most yield on a keg sure which is easier to do when you buy the big barrels when you buy the smaller uh-huh. ones you're paying more so it, it's kind of a balancing act but the, the one thing we learned is the rotation of the wall is a very important part of what we do um so the lion's share of what we buy unless it's an easy drinker if it's something that we're that it's going to be our kind of gateway beer or a fruited beer or something like that uh, most of those do come in in six barrels um okay but I mean, we've had half barrels that we've put on and have blown in 10 hours, too. So, I mean, okay. it's, it, it, it just kind of depends on the beer and uh, what kind of deals we can get. And, uh, I mean, half the time, they weren't even kegging six barrels. It was either take a half barrel or nothing. So, I was like, would you yeah. want to have the beer or not? So, uh, yeah, it, okay. it, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. But, yeah, I'm sure. Um, they lost my report or it wouldn't generate for me. But I tried to look for the two years, number of beers we've had. Yeah. I couldn't get it to pull up. But I know the first year we were open, we had 757 unique beers on the wall. Wow. Different, different styles Diff- of beer. Well, yeah, just different. Yeah. It might be 
1800 IP or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, different name, different brewery, different beers. So, um, wow, that, that is big. 770 some thousand ounces. And um, I was able to pull up since we've opened um, as of our anniversary date last Saturday. Uh, we did uh, 1,481,377 ounces um, yeah. in the first two years of opening. That's, that's with awesome. basically being shut down the entire month of June because we weren't ready to open when we did and had to close the doors and try again. But okay. um, and one of the coolest stats I think that we can pull is the average pour size. And the average pour size since we've been open is 5.8 ounces. Um, so now I think of if we were running a regular bar, we would basically be set up doing nothing but flights like, yeah. and how much work that would be. And, and so and here you can you know grab your flight and go sit back down. You can do a flight that's not really a flight. I don't like to pour four beers at once. I like to pour yeah. a little bit, drink my beer, and go back because I can just go up whenever I want and get it. So um, it's, I, it's, I, got, I got to think from a, from a business standpoint, if you're looking at this, um, obviously having to pour your own actually helps on your support staff that's mm-hmm. needed because, you know, we're, you know, I'm looking around the place here, and people, they just hop up, go grab a beer. They sit back down. No one needs to wait on them. They don't have to wait for a waiter to, to wait on them. It's just kind of on your own. Obviously, there's a, the bartender up front who's taking care of things up there. But, uh, yeah, shout out Phil. Phil, hey, will, Phil will listen. Hey, Phil. He will love it. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, but uh, it's just a great concept, really. Yeah, and, and, and we were uh, very surprised. I mean, when we opened, we had uh, one person running our check-in. We had uh-huh. uh, two bartenders behind the, the bar. Uh, we learned very quickly that that wasn't going to work on a busy night. And during the week, it's good. It's There's you know one or two people here uh, yeah. that can kind of yeah. control everything. But we get to do in our concerts and our outdoor stuff where a slow Saturday for us is four or 500 people here listening to music. And then busy days, of course, up to 2,000 to the 2,500 we had at our, at our opening. Uh, so we... We still have uh, quite the uh, staff number on the weekends, but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that nine people basically on a Saturday night can take care of two thousand people That's with awesome. no problem. That's a <laughs> fantastic business model. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say business model. Uh, yeah, where I work, uh, overhead. Not yeah. not happening. Nope, nope, nope. So uh, another question that I that I coming into this that I wanted to know. Um, just within Peoria, is there a is there kind of a favorite style that you guys see over and over again that tends to be you know kind of a crowd favorite? The hazy IPA. Okay. No way. Yeah. No Shocker. way. Believe it or not. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys see maybe a trend of that kind of slowing down and maybe things kind of shifting a little bit? Or? I, s- I see people appreciating a good old fashioned West Coast now. Yeah. yeah. So I have people that come in here and they're like. And we don't. We we always we've we've never gone away from that. We've always had. We kind of treat hazies and the more traditional IPAs as two separate categories. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if a regular goes out, we're going to put a regular back on. If a hazy goes out, we're going to put a hazy back on. That's kind of the model. It's to have the same selection, not the same beer, but the same family selection at all yep. times. So, and obviously we're a little more stout heavy in the in the winter, but. Uh, we always have two to three on the wall, even all sure. summer long, and people love it because they know they can still come here in yeah. 90 degree weather and drink a, you know, a 9.5 imperial big stout boy. No matter what time of year. Yeah. Oh yeah, so. you're, yeah. Our, our fellow Floridians don't mind drinking stouts oh, yeah. all the time. Right. So, so got yeah. the you, barley wine up there right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. there was a barley wine yeah. up there. Very good. Barley wine is life. That's right. I mean, Evan, I know you've talked about this, but I, obviously, the industry blew up with the hazy IPAs, and you know. Don't get me wrong. I love a good juice bomb, uh, but I do think people are kind of 
it, the market's saturated right now with them, so people are yep. kind of starting to search for that next thing, and or maybe even maybe gravitating back towards some some classics like yep. the, the loggers and pilsners, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see how things shift. But uh, I think the hazy IPA is here to stay for sure. Yeah, it'll stay for for a style. So um, I think the Peoria craft beer market is evolving. Um, it's like anything else with the Midwest. We may be some of the, you know, everything starts on the coast and then works our way into the Midwest. And I think that now with what Peoria is starting to offer more and more and more is a better craft beer experience, whether it's here being able to get a lot of good regional and a lot of good variety. And I think also um, with uh, microbreweries, local breweries, we're still... Um, we're, we're continuing to get better, and we're starting to see some of those um, elevate the, cra- the craft beer scene here in Peoria. What do you guys think about that? You know, uh, it's been nice to see Peoria getting a little bit more into the, a little bit more brewery going here, too. You've got industry. You've got uh, Bearded Owl and seeing what they're putting out. Um, you got some uh, really great breweries in Bloomington and, and uh Champagne area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Shoot, triptych here. Um, they they kill it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely think it's uh, a growing scene. I'd like to see it bro- blow up even more. You know. And I'm uh, I'm very excited. I live in the Bartonville area, and there's like two places I can get craft beer on draft now, and it's like this is beautiful. Like that yeah. never happened before. It was always <laughs> right. right. I mean, you might get a blue moon every now and then in, uh, in Bartonville, but no, there's, there's two or three places that have it on draft. Most of them have at least some sort of bottle selection of it. So, um, I definitely think it's, uh, people's palates are growing and willing to try new things. And I'd like to say that's all due to poor brothers and uh, the ability <laughs> yeah, to, no, I, no. Think you guys, I think you're playing <laughs> but, a huge part for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, and, and, I mean, some of the, like Matt Rixner at the Fox club, I mean, we, love him we wouldn't be here you know if, if places like him didn't take the chances and, and right. do some of the things with craft beer in peoria that you know wasn't quite as mainstream and i think now even since we've been open for two years now we see a lot more of it out there too and you know if if, if they're doing well out there we're doing well if kelleher's is doing well we're doing well if, right. if, if craft beer in peoria is doing well there's there's plenty of uh plenty of business to go around for everybody so it's it's a it's a pretty cool little family we've got yeah, yeah i think that's one of the best things that um you know, we're starting to learn about this particular community is a lot of the successful places, you know, you guys too, and I feel like you're going to echo this is I want more competition, good competition, because that only makes your place succeed more. Mm-hmm. And if you, and then you guys can help each other out. And there's no better collaborative community, I think, than craft beer. Oh, I agree. And I think you even see that we're not on the brewing side of things, but right. just the stories, um, We've gotten to know Brian Ballard really well from White Oak and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the guys and yeah. just the stories of uh, I'm taking my kegs over to Still to wash them or uh, Triptych getting the old brewing systems from Distilled, just the, the camaraderie between, I mean, competitors, to be honest. We're, we're all fighting for that same dollar or same, you know, same register ring or whatever it is. But um, I think everybody in this community gets that you've, if, if one successful, it just is going to make more success for everybody down the line. So Absolutely. Uh, I think it's very, uh, very refreshing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Mark, what do you think? Is this a good time to take a little break? Yeah, I got a couple questions, but we can hit well, those after the break. We'll hit those sure. after the break. What we want to do is pay kudos to the Hopped Up Network, a group of beer podcasts that 
Um, we are a part of, when you go to hoppedupnetwork.com, you can get our podcasts and you can get our brother and sister podcasts on those as well. And I always like to say that there's a podcast out there for everybody. Yeah, so absolutely. whatever your um, craft beer um, experience is, whether... Um, that pairs with smoked meats and uh, the provisions. Yes. Oh, that's yes. yeah, that's us. Um, whether it's a particular locale, um, you know, Pacific Northwest, Texas, um, New Jersey, we've got a craft beer podcast for you. So uh, go to thehoppedupnetwork.com, get our podcast, and get everyone else's. So uh, we'll see everybody else after the quick break. What we're going to take, mostly it's just to refill. Hi, everyone. This is Cutter. Tony. Ross, Joel, and Clint from Three Beers In, a proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Each episode, we review a local Austin craft beer and talk about Club and Bananas, references I don't get, and Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. So tune in, crack open a beer, and hang out with us. Find us on hoppedupnetwork.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, or on threebeersinpodcast.com. This This is is the the podcast. podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we've refilled, and uh, we're going to finish up here. we got a few more questions for you guys. Um, Mark, you're the only one without a hazy-looking IPA. That's true. I like to mix it up. I've got a stout. <laughs> I just noticed and, that. Yeah, so. You're also the only one with two beers in front of them, so that's that's something. Are, are, you, guys, <laughs> are you guys judging me right no, now? No, 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 no. We love you. Okay, uh, go ahead. I was just so excited about the smoked meat that I thought <laughs> I would I, I, I think that that might <laughs> be hey, true. We're here for Poor Brothers, not Slow Hand Craft Barbecue. Check us out on Facebook. Oh, oh nice. nice. <laughs> See, you hear slow it here. Hand. Slow Hand. Slow right. Hand. Slow Hand Craft. All right, we'll, we'll definitely promote that on our page, but <laughs> you heard it here first. Outside Absolutely. smoker. Oh yeah, it is. It is a true, true smoker. Not the. Uh, not that there's anything bad with electric smoking of the meats in oh. the uh, official restaurants in the area, but uh, we will have a true. That's great. Wood, real smoke. And you guys aren't gonna like waft that uh, over the concert goers, right? Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. we got we got <laughs> fans and fans in place already. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. gonna yeah. like that that'll up. draw people just because of the like smoke trail right oh, there. Yeah. I might be able to smell that across the river in Washington. <laughs> That's the goal. I That's hope the goal. so. <laughs> so one of the questions we we kind of briefly touched on it, uh, the the new opening of the of the store in uh, Champagne. Um, one question that I had is there going to be, are you guys going to try to do anything different? Uh, or are you just going to duplicate this model exactly? Or kind of what's your take? Are you going to try to mix it up a little bit? We got a few twists um, going more taps. Okay. And we're going to have uh, actually two separate uh, tap walls. Uh, we've got a front area. Um, it'll be our main bar area. We'll have uh, 16 taps, craft beer. And one thing we're going to, get on there is wine we're gonna have a uh, four oh uh, nice pour okay. by the ounce wines so a little twist there one thing we're also doing is putting in the back area um, a second pour wall which will be eight taps there and gonna feature some games gonna do some ski ball okay. little, uh, oh, bubble fun. hockey uh, <laughs> pinball uh, some fun stuff back cool. there and we also have a banquet area too for uh, people in the area who want to do that like so a, you, just uh, a, a private room yep. that you can rent yeah, out. Yeah, if okay. you haven't uh, been to our fine establishment here in the uh, Peoria Heights, um, we're about 24, 2,500 square feet. Uh, the building down there, we actually have a 5,000 square foot um, footprint, and it's uh, kind of split the way the building was built. Uh, the entrance is kind of in the center, um, so there wasn't much, and they've got a lot of, I guess I can say wonky um, 
requirements down there as far mm-hmm. as building codes. Uh, so we kind of had to set it up as two separate uh, entities. Um, and at the kind of time of uh, planning and concept, we still didn't have a food source type deal figured out. Uh, so we basically bypassed the entire kitchen. Uh, so there will be no cooking equipment down there because even if you have our setup like we have here at Bureau Heights, you have to have a full commercial hood, Ansel system. Like okay. it's just the requirements mm-hmm. to bake a frozen pizza. Or re- so food re- trucks so, are... Uh, yeah, so yeah. the uh, food truck uh, market in Champaign is alive and well, to say yeah. the least. Uh, there is uh, no shortage of options. Right. Um, the location is also right downtown. There are, I mean, there's the Black Dog is a block and a half away. Maze, mm-hmm. okay. uh, Mexicans... Uh, okay. Half Ooh, a block away, we were right across the street from Seven Saints. Chicken, ra- okay. yeah. Shack and Rail, got Jupiter's yeah. Pizza. And just okay. like here, we've got an open door policy. Even uh, even once the the smokehouse is up and going, and uh, Brianza's is the next door, if if you really want uh, Jimmy John sandwich, go ahead and get you a Jimmy John sandwich yeah. and bring it on in. We yeah. we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so that's cool. Because uh, kind of the open, that makes it open it's, it's more about the beer. Oh yeah, so yeah. that's awesome. And that makes it not intimidating where people are like, oh, I don't, can I bring this in? I don't know because they don't have food. You know, when you have that out there. And they can like, oh, I can bring whatever I want, but I can also have the choice of 16 different beers and then cocktails and I shouldn't say 16 different, just on tap and then everything else that they have behind the bar that it's a pretty inviting atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yep. Jason, you, uh, just talking off uh, off the air there, we, we you mentioned that maybe you were going to kind of have a, a focus on like a certain section uh, of taps that were more... Um, that we're gravitating towards the champagne right. uh, local stuff. One of the ideas we've been tossing around uh, in the back area where we've got our skee-ball games, all that. We've got eight taps. Uh, pretty nice because there's about eight yeah. good solid breweries in the Champaign-Urbana surrounding area and would like to kind of devote that to them based on the uh, ability to bring that in. Some more yeah. permanent taps, which we might not do here. but That's um, cool. Yep. We, hoping to and we've already had some talks with some of those breweries about getting them in so awesome yeah that'll be a really interesting um beer scene to open up which will be different from here which is great for you guys because um you know not only do we like to make road trips you know beercation trips um but you'll have a totally different experience if you go there versus when you come here yeah and we've got uh obviously here at heritage square we have a huge courtyard that uh was i don't know i would say as far as my decision making, it was 95% of the reason that we came here, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. just because I, I saw the potential there. Um, we looked at some other places that were more ready that we wouldn't have to spend as like we went from a shoe store. We we looked at this place; it was a shoe store. Right. Oh and yeah, we like, that, this yeah, is really running, running central. central. Right. right. So, uh, carpet floors, drop ceilings, uh, no other really walls in here other than the bathroom walls, and it was just kind of like uh, we can do this. So we cut concrete and put plumbing in the floor and. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some pictures up here just so everybody can see it. This place is fantastic. It's kind of got this uh, rustic uh, industrial feel all, all open. You know, everything's exposed. It's, uh, it's just got a, a great feel to it. Yeah, and it's Plus, a uh, really good thing about Champagne is uh, we had to spend a lot of money and time and effort to get this place to look this way. Okay. Uh, the building we're at in Champagne was built, uh, from what we could tell, in the uh, late teens, um, okay. early 1920s. Cool. Um, so, like, the interior that we had to... We took real brick and cut them in thirds and used the faces of the brick and kind of applied them like tile here. On well, 50% of the exterior walls and interior walls in Champagne are already that brick. So nice. it's kind of got that look already. So It's an old uh, 1920s car dealership, and it's been vacant oh, cool. for about 30 years. Yeah, that's wow. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. 
So one of the other advantages, um, I shouldn't say, you know, advantages, yes, but one of the other highlights of coming to Poor Brothers would probably be the live music. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. if, you know, listeners can kind of hear in the background, we've got some live music tonight. It's a mm-hmm. great early summer night here in uh, the Midwest. Um, you've got this expansion of Heritage Square where there's going to be more businesses, but it leaves this nice, you know, U-shaped uh, court. Well, not U-shaped, but U-shaped building and then a courtyard in the middle. This is going to really draw more and more people in. So how did you get the concert series and the, were you a pusher and backer of all that? I was the uh, push against her. Um, we came to the Heights. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, we came to the Heights with the, uh, um, I, I mean, we looked at some other places in Peoria and looked around, but I mean, we really focused our attention on Peoria Heights. Uh, there's a great nightlife here already, right. but once you're done with dinner, there was nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of thought, yeah, let's throw a concert maybe once a month. Let's, you know, do something cool like that once a month. Um, and then when we opened the doors and we booked Anderson East, the National Touring Act. Yeah. And, Everybody, uh, yeah. People know that guy. Lucked into that one and the radio station said, no, expect about 500 people or whatever. And, you know, so we're expecting 500 <laughs> people. And next thing you know, the, the entire place is full and you can't walk. And people were parking a mile away to walk here to this That's thing. Awesome. And uh, that night we were kind of looking around. We opened at five and we closed at ten, and we were just like we were out of liquor. I mean, we were like we were not ready at all. It was, <laughs> it was a whirlwind. But we just looked at each other, and I told Robbie at that point, he's he's all, he's a big. He travels the country to concerts and venues, and I'm starting to get into that. It's it's starting to pique my interest more and more, and I enjoy the shows we do here. Um, I love outdoor music. I'm I'm not a big venue guy, but put me under the stars and let me listen to guys up there jam, and that's what I like to see. So all right, so who so who's your fault? Like who do you follow? Uh. I mean, this is all because Rob, but I think my favorite uh, group right now is the Avett Brothers. I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no uh, way. We're, we're going down to Champagne. They're coming down there. And, Smoke uh, me and Avett Brothers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't me worry. That. We'll, that. Hey, yeah, we'll so. be down there. Maybe we could do a, uh, a podcast oh, there man. at the Champagne yeah, before going. the concert. We, we've got tickets. They'll be coming through Champagne. we got our GA tickets for yeah. uh, uh, September for Avett Brothers coming oh, yeah. through. And we really – and. Uh, if we booked only the bands that we wanted to hear, I don't know that we'd have the reach that we do. Um, yeah. We did some testing. We 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 get some really, really talented people that maybe aren't as mainstream and the attendance isn't quite there, and then we do some jam bands that everybody knows and you're just playing covers all night. And right. you have So it's kind of a balance between do we want the most people, do we want the best music, and I think especially this year, if you look at our concert lineup for 2018, it is just chock full of every month has maybe a country act everyone has a folk act everyone has a party or a jam band so it's just every week it's something a little bit different and then just kind of in that same cycle so uh kudos to to rob for for getting all that set up he does 99.98 percent of all that by himself and just does a fantastic job with it yeah well we appreciate that for sure yeah and all the shows are always free we have never charged a ticket price never charged a cover we've uh, uh it's always been kind of we hope that you come here, enjoy the music, and maybe uh, grab a beer or something to drink, and uh, that's kind of how we pay for the bands. And they're definitely not cheap. We we've invested more money in music than we have our own pockets. And uh, it's <laughs> I, I think though, you guys are making this like a destination thing. Like locally, like everyone knows about these bands that are coming, and it's it's becoming a great place just to come hang out, have a Thank have you. a fun evening, grab yeah. some great oh, yeah. craft beer or grab something Thank at you. the bar, yeah. and and just enjoy. Yeah, so. and I got to. Uh, it seemed like things were running really well this winter and kind of on cruise control, and I was able to get a little more time away with the family, and then uh, as soon as those concerts started up again in <laughs> yeah. mid-May, it was just like, 
oh my god we've got another six months of this like it's hard we get in at nine ten in the morning and we don't go home till three or four on saturdays and i tell you what though peoria needed this oh yeah yeah oh, oh, this. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh you know hats off to you guys you guys are bringing something that was desperately needed and a lot of people wanted in this area so uh i, I think it's fantastic and and now smoked meats Oh. Only just add to yeah. the. So now, not only you can pour your experience, but you can eat your bris- experience. So you, yeah. you're, it's the trifecta. So you're telling me I can have craft beer, I can have live music, and smoked meats. Quality live music. Quality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like you, you know, you've got a um, a screen TV over here, and it cycles through, you know, your untapped list or your, you know, beer menu list, and then all of a sudden it goes through the uh, courtyard concert series, and there is literally one. There's probably four to five live music acts every single month mm-hmm. throughout the course of That's the awesome. tolerable months oh, yeah. here in you know the Midwest outdoors, which is and it's damn impressive. Right. And yes. uh, we've talked about cutting the shows back and maybe every other week, but then you wake up on Saturday. Is, is tonight the night they've? You People wake are going to start summer, to expect it. It's if it's Saturday and you wake up in Peoria area, there's going to be live music at Poor Brothers I love tonight. That. So and if you're and if you have young families, you can oh, yeah. come here because it's. Outdoors, it's yeah. free. Mom and dad can come in here and get a get a get a pour of a beer. You know that's that's great. Yeah. I think you guys have have nailed a niche. I think one of my favorite shows last year was uh, Chicago Farmer uh, Cody from Delavan. He just gets up there and tells stories with his guitar. Oh, nice! And one that's my jam right there. I mean, it's just a guy on the guitar and just singing his heart out. So I love that. And then the second part of that is we had blankets, we had kids, we had bubble machines, we had uh, glow sticks, we had. I mean, every it was just family fun. We knock on wood. We've never had issues with crowd control. Everybody's well behaved. Everybody's happy to be here. Everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. just a, it's a different feeling than you know even going to some of the other venues where people might get a little rowdy on those two dollar right. beers because we don't have two dollar beers. Sure. We have thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> All right. So, Mark, what do you think? Well, I think uh, kind of to wrap things up here, uh, one of the questions that we like to ask everybody that we interview. Um, build your own four pack so uh basically on styles if, if you could pick a four pack uh what would your styles be i mean you don't necessarily need to name a beer but just maybe just the style but if you want to that's okay too yeah sure jason would probably go with four barley wines but i'll, I'll let him answer <laughs> first go. yeah I, we'll, we'll go uh styles barley wine is going to be in there um we're going to have a brown I uh, got to go a little bit easy drinking. I love a good cream ale like a Kilkenny. Okay. Um, yes. Or Boddington's is, is real nice. And, you know, um, I'm going to go with a cider or a mead, too. All right. Oh, nice. Nice. That's a nice diverse list. Sure. Yeah, All I right. don't know. I think uh, I go through uh, ways when we opened. I didn't really care for IPAs and didn't really enjoy or seek them out. And, uh now that's kind of my go-to so if i had a four pack i'd probably have two in there <laughs> two ipas <laughs> sure um any particular like uh, one style and like two different styles of ipas i mean triptych's my jam for sure um i drink anything they put out um due to some limitations on what we've been able to get down here um everything i've had from maplewood has been fantastic as well that's kind of my up-and-coming uh, brewery to watch as they as they get more of a footprint here in central illinois but they're yeah. doing we had one on the wall this past weekend called Dr. Juicenstein. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was it was a hazy, but it, it was clean and 
it, it I don't it, it was hard to, it's hard to explain it was it was really really good though so. my favorite I've had it's yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. What was the ABV of that? Do you know? Uh, it was low. It was like six, six, four, six, okay. five. So it so wasn't knocking on your butt. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. It was good and clean and crisp. And um, I don't know. The back in my younger, premature, craftier days, um, I was always afraid to order out of my comfort zone. So I drank yep. Shinerbach, and I thought I was a big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> I still, I still tend to have a soft, uh, you know, a soft place in my heart for those ambers, those browns, yeah. those kind of. It opened you. It opened you up. It, it did. It did. And and like I said, it, even just starting here, you'd have three or four ounces of an IPA three times a day, and then eventually you're drinking pints, and your palate kind of oh yeah. And then yeah. and now I drink stuff that I drank two years ago, and I'm like, where's the hops? This is this yeah. and that. Like it's it's weird how it kind of evolves. And uh, barley wine is is now the the last style that. Is kind of coming along for me. I still can't do weeds You'll for some there. reason. I'm not a guy. I just I, I don't like the clovey. Yeah. So that's still kind of uh, not in my wheelhouse. You must have had a bad experience with clove cigarettes I, as yeah. uh, in college. I, I don't know what it is. I just <laughs> oh, it just feels thick. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, it's like banana bread. Yeah. I don't know. I get that. I keep drinking them though. I mean, every time we get something new on the wall, I've got to try it. So yeah. that's a great. That's thing. quality control yeah, right, right there. Right. You just gotta, gotta make sure it's carb right and form right. And yeah. Well, um, I really appreciate uh, Jason and Nate, you guys, uh, allowing us to come here on premise, uh, do a little recording. Uh, we love uh, promoting things here in the craft beer scene in Peoria, so we're going to continue to do so, and you guys are always going to be a centerpiece to that. So uh, what we like to do at the end is give a nice cheers. Thanks again for having cheers, us here. Cheers. 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 Appreciate it.